This is the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. You know what you're doing? You're listening to Pro Wrestling Nation, fool. Welcome to Pro Wrestling Nation. I, of course, am your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina. You guys, I'm so excited to be here today. We had such an incredible weekend of wrestling. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And that covers all of my listeners. I'm just kidding. No, but for real, happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Uh, I have a jam-packed episode for you. Uh, my guest this week is Hood Slam superstar Richard Schnary. And he comes and talks about his, his life and, and going into wrestling and getting into Hood Slam and, and all these different things. We talked a little bit about Hood Slam Red. And then at the end of the episode, well, not the end of the episode, but after the interview, I am going to go in depth and talk about some wrestling events that have happened recently, uh, like GCW going and going, their debut in Seattle. AEW Full Gear. Every time I say Full Gear, I want to say Full Queer. Because we have a wrestling promotion here locally called Full Queer that I follow. And, like, they're super cool. And, like, they're way cooler than Full Gear. So I just want to say that every time. As well as MLW um, Fight Fightland, Fightland 2023. And also Hood Slam Red. Hell yeah, you guys. I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited to get into it. Uh, let's get into a quick bit of news. I don't really have anything in front of me. Um, I'm just going to go off memory, and I only have one news story for you off of memory. Uh, AEW is doing a uh, their own version of a G1. It's called the Continental Classic, and it's going to be a round-robin tournament uh, with 12 participants in it. And they're going to fight uh, for some, some cool shit. Uh, so far announced is Eddie Kingston, uh, Brian Danielson, um, there's four there's four people announced. I don't remember who the other two are. They're going to announce the rest of the participants and do some interviews uh, this week leading up to Dynamite. And then on Dynamite, they're going to have some of the first matches in this in this tournament. Uh, Eddie Kingston said he's going to put the Ring of Honor World title and the New Japan Strong title on the line in this tournament. And so he said that the winner is going to come out as the Triple Crown Champion because they're going to have the Ring of Honor World title, the New Japan Strong title, and the AEW Continental Classic title. I'm not really sure what that is, uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Maybe uh, the winner of this tournament will become the AEW Triple Crown Champion, but then what does that mean for Ring of Honor, and what does that mean for New Japan Strong? I really don't know, but I'm super excited about it. It's going to be a really fun tournament. It's going to be some of the best wrestling in the world, probably, especially if Brian Danielson has anything to say about it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. Uh, it's going to be 12 participants. Like I said, they announced four already. Uh, I kind of remember two at the moment, which are, um, I forgot already, Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston. I don't think CM Punk will be in it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be fun. It'll be super awesome. So check that out. It's going to be this week on Dynamite. They're going to start that thing. And then, uh, yeah. So I'm going to go into this conversation that I had with Richard Schnary uh, from Hood Slam. And we're going to talk about some shit. 
And then after that, uh, stick around. I'm going to uh, talk about some wrestling. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Boom. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I, of course, am your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina, and we have a special guest this week, hailing from the Berkeley Public Library, weighing in at a leather-bound edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's Richard Mary. What's up, Thank Richard? You. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so we're right off the heels of Hood Slam Red. Uh, Hudson's most recent event. So let's just get right into that. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your win. Thank you. Yeah. How uh, how are you holding up? You took a uh, a box of cereal to the back. Yeah, you know the cereal uh, didn't feel great, but I held up pretty good. That's awesome. Actually, That's coming cool. off a uh, injury, so felt good. Yeah. Oh well, welcome back. Thanks. I guess that's why you were so eager to team with Cereal Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been dealing a little bit with a actually a torn meniscus in my knee. Oh, wow. So, but we're back now, so we're all well, good. That's awesome. That's awesome. How's the knee feeling? Good, great, wonderful, wonderful. That's cool, man. Uh, so, uh, so where does your story begin? Are you are you from Berkeley? No, no. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm from San Francisco. I've lived my whole life in the city. So nice, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm actually from San Jose, so I'm I'm kind of local to that scene as well. So that's cool. Okay. San Francisco is awesome. Uh, my wife and I are there all the time because we do stand up comedy, and so that's kind wow. of the the mecca of this area for for comedy in San Francisco. So that's awesome. Makes sense. Hell yeah, hell yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, at what point in your life did you kind of discover and fall in love with professional wrestling? Um, I've always, I mean, when I was little, I was small. Actually, I have a weird random connection to it um i guess my grandmother was uh she owned like a seamstress shop you know and she used to do gear for the old school like cow palace guys oh wow like all the pat patterson's and stuff so um she showed my dad and showed him wrestling and then he showed it to me when i was little when i you know before i that's the earliest memory is watching wrestling with him. So, well, so the wrestling kind of goes goes back a few generations in your family. That's super cool. Yeah, the love for it. That's awesome. Um, do did uh did she did she ever tell you any like fun stories or anything about uh the seamstress days of wrestling? Honestly, no. Um, I mean, she passed away when I was really really young. Oh yeah. So I don't. I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that until after I started wrestling. Oh, interesting. My, my uncle told me the story and my dad was like, oh, yeah, that's that's where it started. So <laughs> I oh. forgot that detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always joke around I'm like not one of the five because I live in their house now, actually. So I I'm not even one of the five top wrestlers to ever step foot in my house. <laughs> <laughs> the nice. Pat Patterson's and the yeah, Pedro Gomez, all of them were here. So, wow, that's so exciting. That's some rich history right there. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I didn't was even your, know it until recently. Was your dad involved in wrestling or anything, or is he uh, just a fan? Just a fan. That's cool. Uh, he loved NWA when I was a kid. He was big into, like, yeah, the Cactus Jacks and the 
road warriors and all that kind of stuff. So, wow. So when I remember growing up around here, uh, in you know in the Bay Area, is that for me uh, that kind of stuff, NWA, WCW stuff, wasn't so much of you know readily available, wasn't as easy to find as like the WWF stuff. Um, how did you guys uh, watch that? Uh, I mean, he was showing me some stuff on. I mean, we just watched TBS mostly. I mean, okay. I get, that makes sense. All I can think of, and then definitely WWF stuff as well. But my earliest memories were definitely watching like Saturday night, like WCW with him. Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So WCW Saturday night was some good times. Yeah, some good times, especially before Nitro when it was like their their main show. Right. Yeah, good times. That's good times. At what point in your life did you like decide that this is something you wanted to pursue? Um, oh God, I guess I was thirty. It's when I went to a hood slam. Honestly, wow. Um, I went as a fan, and it was eighties night. It was like a theme show, and at the end of it, I had seen a bunch. Like obviously, like everybody crushed it. My biggest, like, the ones that stick out to me where I know, like, Ian and Anton did uh, Top Gun, and uh, Sheik and Johnny Butabi did um, Madonna versus uh, Weird Al. Oh, nice. And at the end of the night, I just was like, I gotta take it. I didn't know what was going on. I was there, like, and I turned around, and I realized all the crowd was gone. And they were breaking down the ring, and I was like, oh, shoot, like, <laughs> I'm here a little late. And then um, I saw Madonna, and I said, I got to take a picture with her. And it was Dark Chic, and she just looked at me and said, I don't know why, but I think you need to come to training. And wow. I was like, Are you serious? And she said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but those two big twins over there have a training school, and you should just go check it out. Wow, so it was just oh, yeah. by chance, and then Dark Sheik met you, and she was just like, yeah, you, I pick you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was, but I I felt it too, and then um, I went to another show. I didn't decide for like a couple months, and then I went to another one and shot the twins, uh, the Stoner Brothers, an email, and um, the rest is history, yeah. Wow, that is super cool. Uh, so what was it like for you to start training with the Stoner Brothers at Stoner U? Oh man, um, scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I come bet. from like uh, <laughs> those well, two, those from, two, those two twins. They're some big boys, so yeah, I can see that. They're not small, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I came from like a martial arts. I was doing Muay Thai and like boxing okay. and stuff, and um, yeah, I actually went there, and I was surprised because I did a few like solo things they they had me come by myself and learn the basics and then when i went to my first like big class it was like oh my goodness like the twins are here chic is here um shotzi's here steve and trisario big b bobby burger hands is brutal rob hands um wow you know Who's who, eventually the who's it who was just Woodslam. like yeah yeah when i was like oh wow i'm tr-, and like coach nugs was there and mustafa syed was there and i was like oh my god like i'm here with i this is like i'm i'm in the fire like immediately <laughs> and um it was awesome i mean it was yeah 
but it was it was definitely okay you're in it now let's do it so but that group was incredible so i mean i i don't think i would be any that made me you know good at it like i was like okay I, it's either sink or swim so yeah really and then you know you're in front of these like these top-notch people in hood slam so you gotta you know be do your best and just work hard at it and absolutely got through it that's super awesome yeah so so you were 30 years old when you got into this wrestling stuff um uh, what's your and what's your martial arts background you said muay thai and like um how old were you when you got into that um i would say like early 20s okay i started boxing wow and um i was well so i started doing actually it's kind of random i was doing like crossfit and i started coaching crossfit out of a gym that was in a boxing gym. So okay. then I started doing boxing as well. And some of the clients for the CrossFit gym were Muay Thai fighters. So I started going to their gym too and training with them. And I kind of developed this relationship with them because um, they needed like strength and conditioning that was like uh, catered to them. So I just started coaching the fighters and um, I would train with them. And it was actually funny. They were kind of like, you don't take this serious enough. Like you're kind of like having too much fun at all times. Like, and then, (laughs) yeah, I, I had always been a fan of wrestling and I would be referencing wrestling like while I was in the classes and none of them knew what I was talking about. And (laughs) so, I was just kind of there and I was like, man, like, I wish I could find this outlet. And then it never occurred to me. Like I had talked to people when I was like 18 about training and then I just kind of put it on the back burner for 12 years, apparently. But (laughs) I don't know. It didn't appeal to me until I had got to that point, I guess. Yeah, no, it's probably one of those things where like, you know, you just didn't realize how, how close it was for you to reach out to, you know? It's because like for me yeah. doing comedy, I didn't do comedy for so many years because I'm like, well, how do I go from sitting on the couch to being on TV? And, and you don't right. really know the steps you need to take. And, and once the opportunity came in, I definitely, you know, ran with it. Just like you said, right. you, you did with hood slam. That's really cool. Yeah. Though. It just seems like this giant thing. And then when you go and do it, it's like, oh, I can do this. I actually can do it. And I'm not, yeah, you know, you realize it's obtainable. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, actually, it's very random. But when I was in high school, you had to write a 10 page research paper on your dream job. And I was I wrote it on pro wrestling when I was a senior in high school. I went to APW and I went and interviewed Robert Thompson. Oh, hell yeah. And yeah. And I was like, this is really cool. And they were like, yeah, if you want to do it, like this is the thing and this is down payment and but I was only 17 at the time. And my dad was like, oh, you're going to he in his mind, like I said, he was like thinking about like the road warriors and stuff. He's like, you're going to get killed. You're tiny. Yeah. A lot like, of those a lot of parents guys. in that situation think that you're going to get killed. Yeah. Right. And I was like on my way to college and all that. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to go do all this stuff. And eventually I found my way back. And it's funny the place um, that I love. It's funny whenever uh, whenever I'm watching AEW TV and I see Swerve. And Swerve says, whose house? I always say, because of APW, Robert's house. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. What was it like for you to go in the APW and interview some people? 
Uh, it was cool. I mean, I was a scared little kid, so I, yeah. I was just kind of like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm here." What What time frame was this? Like around what year are you uh, doing that with APW? Oh man, two thousand two, two thousand three. Okay, okay. I came into the scene there a little bit later, like two thousand five. Yeah. So that's cool. That was my only at the time was my only experience with it. Oh nice. I just needed to for the paper. Actually, I need to find. For the school project, yeah, I need to find somebody local. So I was like, okay, I know wow. about this. So wow, that is crazy. I was, yeah, I eventually saw him years later and talked to him about it. And he was like, oh my god, I can't. That's you. I was like, I do remember you. Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. What about what about the library thing? Do you have a background in libraries? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, oh, the cat's out of the bag. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um. I'm. I mean. I'm super smart. And I like you, to read uh, a lot. <laughs> you. You have like a love for books. Um. Truthfully, um. They the the Stoner Brothers gave me the character. Okay. Um. I was very quiet. I I didn't like to talk at all. And when it was promo night, I I froze. And when we were doing drills and training i was super quiet which is the opposite of everybody and they (laughs) yeah they just said hey like we just had this idea they literally asked me on a wednesday to wrestle on a show on a friday and they said i was like oh well what do you want do you want me to be me (laughs) like i don't what do you want me to do and they said oh we have this idea for we you can be this librarian character and I was like, okay. And then the the night of, actually, AJ Brosef uh, was like, hey, what's your name? What am I announcing you as? And I was like, oh shoot, I don't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and ran back to the to the Stoner Brothers, and they were just like, oh man, what do you what do you think? And I was like, uh, pun maybe, but I don't know. And uh, one of them was just like dictionary, and the other one was like Richard Schnary. And then together they were like, make it shh, but long. <laughs> and yeah. that was, I was like, all right, let's go do it then. And an hour later I was in the ring. That's awesome. That's, I love that yeah. because like I was looking for like, you know, how does this kind of pertain to you? Cause you carry the character well. So I knew there was some kind of connection to you and you're quiet and, and you know, yeah. the, the library, they want to be quiet. So I like that. I like that for you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it just fit me. And then I just, you know, as I became more comfortable, obviously now I'm like fine. Like okay, I'll cut a promo. Or I'm good now. But when I when you know, my first match was only six months after I started training. Wow. So I was still terrified. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, to be honest, but no, I yeah, and it <laughs> I was comfortable in the ring, but yeah, speaking and all that stuff was a little. It took me, I don't know, not super long, but a little bit to get used to. But now. Now it's just me. Now I am Shinari. Like that's just, that's me now. So that's awesome. Uh, tell us about the evolution of the character a little bit. How you kind of did get comfortable with it. Like when did you introduce like the books? Were they always part of it? And I love how how the books are like super heavy. And in fact, you you know you <laughs> hit uh uh Jaguar Montoya in the face with the book on Hood Slam right. Red. And who knows how he's doing? Not good. He's still. If I didn't pick it up, he'd still be under it. I think. Yeah, I'm sure he would. But um, uh, the Berkeley Brawler was a huge help being a tag team partner with him. Okay. 
I don't know if you remember. I think he scooted his scooter off a cliff, and now he's gone. Oh, but um, yeah, no, he was um, the the evil hipster from Berkeley, and he was my mouthpiece for a while. And we'd go out, and we were a hell of a tag team. Um, he had his scooter that was his big weapon, his big like sledgehammer <laughs> style weapon, and uh. I needed something too, so I brought the books, and you know, one of them found its lore. Yeah, yeah, I know they really did. They really did. Do you? Uh, so, so when it comes to like, like, do you have like the same books every time, or do you bring different books out? It depends. Um, I will if I know for sure what's you know who I'm working, especially. I would definitely bring the the appropriate book out <laughs> nice but uh webster the giant book's always going to be with me yeah absolutely um, yeah that's the that's the tall one whether i need to jump off of it or murder an invisible dog or whatever needs to happen <laughs> the book's there for me and what about uh what about the paper cuts because that's that's devastating last like the other night at hood slam you were just giving paper cuts left and right do you have any uh any paper cuts that that you look back on and you're just like oh man that was so bad. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Otto von Clutch, um, but he's a bit of a surfer and he okay. wrestled me barefoot one time. Oh, no. So you can imagine I went between the toes with the paper cuts and that was, even at the moment, I felt it was a little gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Those are so devastating. It's funny because like, you know, you see these people getting power bombed and and all these different things, and somebody got thrown into the balcony at Hood Slam Red. Uh, but those paper cuts are like the most devastating part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> definitely is a thing. So, how were you coming out the gates? You you went and you trained for six months, and and they put this librarian character on you. Um, I know you said you were scared, uh, but what was it like for you now? Uh, so instead of you know being on the couch watching TBS with your dad, you're you're in the right. ring and, and right. you're you know you're in these matches. In the ring, I I feel at home. That's it. I the four is those four corners. Yeah, that's that's home for me. Um, I I I know I love it. I even you know wrestling doing matches doing training i love i love the whole thing i love helping out with training i I just like being in the ring that's where i want to be yeah at all times that's an awesome spot speaking of your dad has your dad had a chance to to see you wrestle live in person they did they came and watched one time in a show in san francisco at the dna lounge and all his fears were confirmed because that night i wrestled coach nugs so a person who's much larger and much scarier than me. <laughs> of course it had to be. It had to be that <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of told I told him that my parents were out there and he went and found them and threw me at them. <laughs> so that was uh that was perfect. Was everything they thought about came to life right in front of their face. So <laughs> that's that's awesome uh you are also a uh two-time uh best in the east bay uh athlete champion and you're also yeah. a one-time intergalactic 
the tag team champion with with uh, with Berkeley, the Berkeley Brawler. I am. I'm just missing the uh, golden gig for the Triple Crown. Uh, tell us about some triumphs uh, of winning those titles at Hood Slam. The best athlete in the East Bay came from. Well, first off, if you look at the lineage of the best athlete in the East Bay, the the people on the list are unbelievable. Yeah, I was into that today. Actually, it is really it is like an elite list. So being a part of that is really cool. Um, being in bad, I took them off of Big B in what was a pretty good and exciting feud and um, with some really good matches that if people haven't seen, I, those are ones I would suggest people look at because those were incredible, honestly. And, and he's not around anymore, but um, those matches were great. And then my feud with Boone, which bore me killing his dog. Those that's, that's great <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe not for him, but um, the best athlete in East Bay stuff is awesome. Even before that, it the reason I got a shot was because I won the Hood Fighter tournament. Oh, okay, the that's Hood, cool. the The Hood Fighter tournament, in and of itself, winning that was incredible. You also won a tournament. Uh, the intergalactic titles were vacated, and you won a tournament yes. to win those as well. So yeah, you're a you're a tournament machine. Yeah, I do like to wrestle more than once in a night. I will say that. <laughs> and then the matches so, that you mentioned with uh with uh, was it Big B? Was that who yeah. it was? Uh those are available mm-hmm. on YouTube. So if people uh want to tell you know look up Shinari versus Big B, those are available on YouTube. Absolutely. Those are the best. Hell yeah. That's cool, man. Do you have anything uh like like if you could manifest a couple of things for your for your wrestling future? Uh do you have a couple of things you would want to manifest? Oh man. Um probably the golden gig, which you just mentioned. The golden gig would be gigantic. You know something that I want to do is I want to fight people I've never fought before. And I want to fight people who I came up with in training that may or may not have been recently released by huge companies. Oh <laughs> interesting. That's one person I'd really like to wrestle. So uh yeah. No, I, I would love to I want to do new things and, and you know I'm not uh I'm not uh, I'm not stupid I I know how old I am. I know that it's not a massive amount of time left in my career so I want to do really cool things before it's over. Absolutely. So. That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh do you have anything coming up anything in the future? No, I don't. Um, I mean, besides, I, you know, I, there's a hood slam schedule, of course. There's a hood slam is is where I'm at. That's me. Hood we are on the road. So you. We're on the road to Entertainia 13. Uh, December coming 1st. in a couple weeks. Yeah, two yep. weeks. December 1st, um, Oakland, California, Fight Plus, all that fun stuff. So that's exciting. I uh, yeah, at the end of this show or at the end of my match, I know Serial Man said he didn't have anything for me to do, but I'm sure somebody will find something <laughs> yeah i'm sure somebody will find something uh what would you do if you could if you could choose uh if you could book yourself on on entertainment 13 what would you do i would like to i'm not going to pick an opponent because that's not what i'm here for but i will say that i would love to do a sanctum of silence with somebody that's my match that's what i do 
Hell yeah. And that's, that's, cool. that's my art is the sanctum of silence. Awesome. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, man. It's been super fun talking to you. Thanks, dude. You want to, uh, you want to plug your yeah. social media and stuff? Everything's Richard Shinari. It's uh, Instagram X. X. All, all the above. Um, yeah, it's Richard S Triple H N A R Y. Excellent. You can so. find me at Funky Sam Medina, and everything else is a hypothetical comedy. Thank you so much, Richard. Hi, brother. for listening i hope you enjoyed the conversation i had with richard schnary uh richard schnary uh participated in hood slam red over the weekend and i will get to that i have a few events to talk about in wrestling that happened this weekend uh the gcw going and going uh their debut in seattle which was pretty fucking rad uh we're gonna go over that we're gonna go over aew full gear mlw fightland 2023 and of course, I just mentioned it, Hood Slam, motherfucking red. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about is uh, GCW going and going. Game Changer Wrestling pay-per-view live on Fight Plus. Uh, Dave Prezak, Veda Scott, Brett Lauderdale on the call. They were in the, the Washington Hall in Seattle. It's a nice venue. It was the first time that GCW has been in Seattle. And uh, at the end of the show, Brett Lauderdale confirmed that Seattle is an A-town. So they might come back soon. Hell yeah, you guys. It's pretty close. It's pretty close to home. I have a better chance of seeing them in L.A., I'm sure. But uh, nonetheless, uh, let's get right into this, shall we? The first match, Jordan Oliver defeated Alec Price. Now, they can't promote Alec Price, of course, his title. Because he's the internet wrestling television champion. Is that right? IWTV world champion Alec Price. Uh, so this was the IWTV champion Alec Price versus the JCW champion Jordan Oliver. Uh, this match, oh my gosh, you guys, these two dudes have wrestled a bazillion times. Uh, these guys are the future of professional wrestling. I hope to see them wrestle a bazillion more times. And I hope to see Alex Price and Jordan Oliver uh, at WrestleMania one day on the big stage, you know, these two guys, man, they're so good at what they do. And I want to see them succeed. Both of these two, they're just getting better and better. I spent the last year almost watching every, every GCW show. Plus I'm binging the old ones. Um, I've, I'm all the way up to, uh, the, uh, the October of 2021. I think I'm getting close to the, uh, getting close to being caught up. You guys getting close to being caught up. Hell yeah. Super exciting. But um, as far as uh, Jordan Oliver and Alec Price goes, this match was a fantastic match. And um, it was 12 minutes. What was, How long was it? Let me see here. 12 minutes, 58 seconds. So just under uh, 13 minutes. What a great match, you guys. Uh, Jordan Oliver picks up the win with the cloud cutter. Did he get hit the cloud cutter? I don't remember. Uh, and the next match, Maki Ito defeats Nicole Matthews and... Nine minutes and 16 seconds. Nicole Matthews is a staple of the Seattle area. She's an independent women's wrestling legend. And uh, she's super cool. So, yeah, Nicole Matthews was here. I'm not sure if it was her first time in GCW. uh, But I think it would be her first time. Uh, But Maki Ito picked up the win. Hell yeah, go Maki. 
And our next match, it was uh, Jimmy Lloyd versus Sawyer Wreck. And I was pretty damn excited about this because Jimmy Lloyd and Sawyer Wreck are two of my absolute favorites. I love these two. Uh, these two could just go. They could just fight, and I love it. I love it. And there's no particular reason for these two to want to fight each other, but like I feel like you put them in the ring, and they're just going to fucking fight. And uh, it got interrupted. It got interrupted. Uh, they only were able to, to wrestle for one minute and ten seconds. Uh, and then the GCW Tag Team Champions came out. Violence is forever. And they and they put a beat down. They put a little bit of a beat down on, on, on Jimmy Lloyd and, uh, and Sawyer Wreck. They just attacked him for no reason. No reason at all. They just came out and attacked him. And I was like yelling at the TV. I'm like, make it a three-way. Because uh, the challengers came out. And the challengers were the Bollywood boys. And so the Bollywood boys came out. And they were just going to have this tag team match. And I was so mad. And I was yelling at the TV because I really wanted to see Jimmy Lloyd and Sawyer Wreck. And I'm like, make it a triple threat. Make it a three-way. Make it a three-way. Guess what? They made it a three-way. Uh, Vance Warner came out alongside uh, one called Manders. And they're called the Second Gear Crew. And they're like, let's have ourselves a three-way. And I was like, no, what about the other two? What about Jimmy and Sawyer? And no, that's not what I wanted. I mean, I don't mind SGC. I like them, but then I was so disappointed. But they made it right because they made it a four-way tag team title match. So, Violence is Forever defeated Jimmy Lloyd and Sawyer Wreck, the Second Gear Crew, and the Bollywood Boys in a four-way GCW World Tag Team Championship match. It's pretty fun. Pretty ma- good. Pretty pretty good match. Uh, eight minutes and thirty six seconds. There was eight people in this match, and uh, this match went eight minutes. So there's about one minute per person. Our next match was a six man tag: Los Desparados, uh, Arez, Gringo Loco, and Latigo defeated Aramas, Laredo Kid, and Ray Horace in nineteen minutes and seven seconds. This was a good match. Uh, I didn't need to go 19 minutes, though. They could have given five minutes of this to the to the four-way tag team match. But whatever shit happens, this was a great match. Um, go out of your way to check it out. Absolutely some fucking awesome. What I like about GCW is they have a little bit of everything. They have this incredible lucha action, right? And then they have these death matches, and they have wrestling, and they have storytelling, and they have, like, all kinds of cool shit. Then you get, like, Blake and Masha, this whole, like, this whole Blake, Christian, and Masha Slamovich uh story it's been going on for over a year like it's 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 incredible man you can't find stories like this anywhere else in the world you really can't uh the next match was santana jackson uh defeating matt cardona with steph delander in his corner in 13 minutes and 38 seconds this was a fun match this was a good match uh matt cardona was definitely playing up on uh on uh santana jackson's character you know and at one point he said forget the match let's just dance and uh, Dave Prezak was yelling, Santana, don't fall for it. Santana, don't fall for it. And Santana didn't fall for it. You know, uh, so surprisingly enough, Santana Jackson picked up the win. He beat the indie death king, uh, the indie god, the king of the death match, Matt Cardona, one, two, three in the middle of the ring. Hell yeah, dude. Santana Jackson's dope. Uh, his character, like when he goes under the ring and then comes out as, as Thriller, that's like one of the coolest things I've ever seen in wrestling. All right. Uh, next up we had uh, Thrussy. Thrussy, one of my favorite trios in professional wrestling. Effie, 
Alley Catch and the Dark Sheik versus Soul. I can't say their name, you guys. Soul Soul Rain Soul Rain. I don't know. Uh, Evan Rivers, Judas Icarus, and Travis Williams. I'm sorry, but these are Seattle people that I don't really know. I have never heard of these people until this show happened. Um, but Thrusty got the win. Thrusty is badass, dude. I love Thrusty. Uh, we got to see uh, Effie took his shoes off. Effie, Effie was barefoot for a while. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, but then on Twitter, Effie was like, you know, you want Effie barefoot? Effie barefoot. Like, Effie likes to, to to please fetishes or something something like that. It was pretty funny, though. But, yeah, I don't know why Effie took his shoes off. But Effie, at some point, took his shoes off. Barefoot Effie. Crazy. Crazy Effie. Uh, good times, though. Good times. It's good seeing Dark Sheik there. Dark Sheik is always super fucking awesome. All right, our next match, you guys, we had... What was it? Oh, for the GCW World Championship... We had Blake Christian, the GCW World Champion, defending against Schaff. I uh, never heard of Schaff. Uh, 15 minutes and 21 seconds. Schaff is another uh, Seattle staple that I don't know. I don't know of Schaff. Um, you know, the Bollywood Boys. The only reason why I really know the Bollywood Boys is because they were in WWE. You know, the Singh Brothers. Were they the Singh Brothers? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so Blake Christian got the win. There was a lot of times where like, it didn't seem like Blake was going to win. Uh, but Blake squeaked out the win. So hell yeah. Uh, all heart. And in the main event, 33 minutes and 48 seconds, the bad boy, Joey Janela defeats speedball, Mike Bailey. And what some would say is a motherfucking dream match. Mike Bailey, Joey Janela. This match was this match was bumping this match was 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 good it was a good fucking match you know uh this match was really good uh there was a part where uh joey janela did a death valley driver mike bailey set up a a, a door uh on a chair on one side and the other side it was up against the ring so it was on the outside he put a chair on the floor he put a door that was between the ring and the, and a chair. And it was like a, at an angle because the chair was shorter than the ring. And then Joey Janela countered it and put him through the door with a Death Valley driver. And then he brought him in the ring and he had a chair, like a chair just like opened up just like so you could sit on it. But he Death Valley driver Mike Bailey right to that chair and flattened the fucking chair. It was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Uh, it was a good match. I thought Mike Bailey was going to win. At one point he did... Uh, uh, Joey Janela went for a, a double stump off the top rope. Mike Bailey had his... Joey Janela set up Mike Bailey's head on the seat of the chair. And then he went to the top rope. And he went for a double stomp. And Mike Bailey got out of the way. And so Joey Janela ended up with getting a foot stuck in the chair. And then uh, by the time he got out of it, uh, Mike Bailey was ready to go. He grabbed another chair. And he threw it to Joey. And then Joey caught it. And he super kicked it right in Joey's face. And I'm like, hell yeah, fucking RVD, baby. Hell yeah, you know, and then uh, and then uh, he did that that thing where like he runs and he spins and he does a kick, you know, the spinning kick or thingy that he does, and then uh, and then Mike Bailey went to the top rope and did Ultima Weapon. So if you don't know what Ultima Weapon is, it's like a shooting star press, uh, but instead of coming down in a splash, uh, he's coming down with a double knee. Oh, it's so devastating. Joey Janela kicked out. Finally, uh, Joey Janela did get the win uh, with a burning hammer. Uh, it's like a backwards Death Valley driver. 
So I don't know what's up with Joey Janelle and these Death Valley drivers, but he's really into them in this in this in this match. He's just really into Death Valley drivers. It's just his thing. I don't know what it is. He even won with the with the burning hammer, which is essentially a reverse Death Valley driver. Uh, Joey Janelle is your winner, and uh, this match was incredible. They they both like like Mike Bailey came out the gate. He was going after Joey Janela's. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Joey Janela came out the gate going after Mike Bailey's neck, and then Mike Bailey came back and started going after Joey Janela's knee. And, like, these two just beat the crap out of each other. And then they were saying that Joey Janela had a match the next day against Kenta. That's fucking incredible. So so what they were doing was, it was in Seattle. It was like a double feature, co-head production with, with uh, Defy. And uh, Friday was a GCW show featuring Defy people. And Saturday was a Defy show featuring GCW people. In fact, on Saturday, Effie... Teamed up with Curry Man. Oh my fucking goodness. I wish I could see that. Curry Man? Are you serious? Teaming with Effie? Fuck yeah, dude. That's random as fuck, but it's great. I love it. I love it. Um, I don't have the Defy Network. It's $16.99 a month. $16.99 a month for just Defy. Okay. I pay $8 a month for Fight Plus. I get GCW, I get Hood Slam, I get MLW, and I get the occasional New Japan Strong pay-per-view. Plus, all kinds of other random-ass shit that's super fun. Like Effie's Big Gay Thanksgiving? Hell yeah, I'll take that. Gravy Bowl match? Hell yeah, I'll take that. Um, I also have Fight, I mean, I, IWTV, which is $10 a month. So the, the two are $18 a month. And I'm I'm pretty broke, so this is a lot for me. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, on there, I you know, West Coast Pro, um, Prestige, uh, Pandemonium. Uh, what else do I watch on there? Uh, that new women's Joshi show, that, that uh, Kintsune, that was really good. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of shit that I watch on there. That's $10 a month. You get hella shit. More shit that you can watch in your entire life. And Defy is over here charging $16.99 for just Defy? Ouch. I mean, I wish. I wish I could afford $16.99 for just Defy because I can't justify $16.99 for just Defy. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I knew there was something in there somewhere. All right, you guys. Uh, that was GCW. I don't know what the fuck happened on the Defy show. If you watched it and you do a podcast, recap that shit so I can listen to it. Um, I have no idea. I didn't even look at results. I should probably look at results um, to see if any of my uh, GCW people walked away with any Defy titles. Because I think Alley Catch was getting like a women's title shot. And then Joey Janela was getting a Defy world title shot going up against... Uh, Kenta and then Gringo Loco had some kind of title shot too. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Uh, but who knows? Ali Catch could be walking around with the Defy Women's title right now, and I don't even know. I doubt it though. I doubt it because the Defy Women's Champion is Vit Vert Vixen, and she's a fucking badass dude. And she's been holding that title for a long time, and she's been just whooping some ass. So sorry, Ali Catch, but Vert Vixen probably beat you. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. That was a good GCW show. And, uh, let me know if you guys know about the Defy show. Cause I want to know about it. All right. So I'm going to go kind of in order that these aired, I guess, cause GCW was first and then AEW and MLW played at the same time, but I chose to watch 
AEW first, one, because it was like a legit pay-per-view, and second, because I feel like the results will be more like in my face than the MLW one, because MLW, you know, no offense to them, right, but AEW is a lot more mainstream, so like if I'm on Twitter or something, I'm a lot more likely to see uh, AEW results. So I went to watch, I chose to watch AEW Live and then MLW later because Hoodstein was actually on after AEW. Um, but we'll, we'll go with, we'll go with MLW next and then Hoodstein. I mean, not next, we'll go with AEW, AEW Full Gear next and then MLW. You know what I'm saying. Anyways, 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 uh, there was a pre-show for AEW. I talked about, I talked up their pre-shows before because they actually have cool matches. Uh, they had a couple of cool, you know, matches, throwaway matches, whatever. Uh, but the main event, we'll just go straight to the main event of uh, of the pre-show, Zero Hour, was MJF and Samoa Joe against the Guns, uh, Austin and Colton, the Gun Boys, the Butt Boys, as they call them. Uh, it was cool. It was fine, whatever. Uh, MJF sold his soul to Samoa Joe for one match. Uh, so I don't know. These Ring of Honor tag team titles must be so important to him, you know? Like, Adam Cole's hurt. He's going to be hurt for a long time. I'm sorry. Adam Cole's not coming back for a while. And MJF is going to just sell his soul for these tag titles time after time again when it's going to cost him. Eventually, it's going to cost him the world title. But whatever. That's his prerogative, I guess. And Max and Samoa Joe made short work of the Butt Boys. After the match, Samoa Joe was pretty quick to leave. And then the uh, the, the Butt Boys attacked MJF. They they held him down and they hit him in the knee with a chair a couple of times, uh, which prompted uh, MJF to get taken on a stretcher into an ambulance. And I don't know, has anybody ever gone on an ambulance? Like, like has, it, has an ambulance ride ever happened in the history of the world uh, for a knee injury, for a leg injury? I mean, I guess, I guess it's a possibility, uh, but it seemed a little bit over the top and a little bit silly. So he got taken in an ambulance because he got a, a chair shot to the knee. Uh, on the way to the, to the ambulance, he told Adam Cole, uh, don't let them take my belt. And Adam Cole said, I won't, I promise. He gets into the ambulance. He leaves. End of scene. Uh, Pre-show is over. Welcome to Full Gear, everybody. This is AEW Full Gear. Our real champion, MGF. Oh, he's in the hospital. It doesn't matter. We don't know what's going on. This is crazy. I don't know. It's a little silly for me. I mean, AEW to me is like, like a sport. Like, like wrestling is a sport. Like if I'm watching football, you know, I don't want to see fucking uh, some football player like going to the hospital and then in the fourth quarter fucking he drives the ambulance back into the fucking stadium and shit and then he goes for the goal winning touchdown or the game winning touchdown like that's that's cool and all like you know leave that to wwe you know leave like theatrics and stuff to like hood slam like wwe like let them do like their theater their their movies they make movies wwe says we make movies well vince mcmahon i guess says we make movies like like let them do that like you aw to me is like sports center like i'm watching a fucking professional sport i'm not watching fucking professional athletes hijacking an ambulance like uh that just it, it bothers me that they're doing that just because there's such there's such an, an alternative 
to what WWE presents. AEW is not sports entertainment. AEW is not drive a cement truck into the fucking arena and pour it into the boss's car because he's being a dickhead. AEW is... How, this guy has 26 victories. Like his tw- his 2023 record is 26 and four, and he's going up against the AEW champion, who's had eight title defenses in the last two months, and he's 26 and two. You like you know like that's what AEW is. Not like I'm gonna fucking drive the ambulance back into the arena, and I'm gonna go back. That's a spoiler. I'm sorry. Uh, the show starts. We kick off the show. Tony Schiavone. All the, you know, everybody, all the, you know, you know the people. They're there. Excalibur's there. Taz is there. Jim Ross is somewhere. I don't know. You know, it happens. Shit happens. All right. So the first match on the card, we have um, Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Stu versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Uh, This was a good match, you know. What can you say? Uh, they came out of unison. The the uh, the good guys all looked alike. They were painted alike. Uh, Adam Copeland, seeing Adam Copeland in the ring against Christian Cage, uh, was surreal. You know, it was it was awesome. It was a great moment. Uh, Nick Wayne, seeing Nick Wayne on this on this stage. I've been watching Nick Wayne in, in GCW, and and seeing him like you know the East West Express, right? GCW Tag Team Champions, and now he's on this big stage. With Christian Cage, with Adam Copeland, with Luchasaurus, like Sting, with Sting, like this is incredible. This is incredible. Like I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Christian Cage got the title. He went to hit Edge, uh, but he accidentally hit Luchasaurus. Uh, then he left. He took Nick Wayne with him. Luchasaurus got pinned. One, two, three. Uh, here are your winners: the old fucking dudes and the wannabe kid. It's good for what it was. Uh, it's a good way to kick off the Christian. Uh, Adam Copeland feud because this is going to be this is probably going to be a long drawn out feud and it's probably going to be so much fun but this is a good way to kick it off it's a good way to incorporate Sting and to like Ric Flair was there hey what are the chances uh, that Ric Flair is going to turn heel on Sting and when it comes time for Revolution in March uh, Ric Flair is going to be his opponent and it'll be Ric Flair's last last match and it'll be Sting's last match and isn't that weird? Isn't that silly? Like, Ric Flair already had his last match, and he died, like, three times during that match. Um, but the but the chances of him coming back are not impossible. Like, he may do it. This may happen. This whole Ric Flair being in Sting's corner, this may lead to Ric Flair versus Sting at Revolution. Oh, my gosh. Why did I just say that? It's not going to... Please don't happen. Please don't happen. So, after this match, what happens is... Uh, uh, they come out. Was it Tony Schiavone? I don't remember at this point. It's been a few days. Uh, Tony Schiavone comes out and he and he brings out Jay White and he has the world title. Does he have the world title? I don't remember. And he says, uh, "MJF, MJF is in the hospital. His knee is in bad shape and he's a piece of shit. He can't defend the title and we fucking hate him and and uh, we award Jay White the title." And I was really upset about this because, like, if your buddies beat up the champion, does that doesn't make you the champion? Like if 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 your buddies beat up the champion and the champion cannot defend the title and the champion is gonna get stripped of the title, it should not go to the guy whose buddies beat up the champion. What should happen is the title should be put up on the line. It should be vacated and put on the the line in another match. Like so, then 
what, what Tony Schiavone should have said, what Tony Schiavone should have said, what 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 AEW, what Tony Khan like in this situation, if we're if we're a sport, if we're fucking ESPN, if we're in the NFL, if we're a legitimate sport and we're wrestling and we're pro wrestling and we're not fucking WWE bullshit i mean no offense because that works like like i said hood slam hood slam is so theatrical and like all the characters are just crazy off the wall zany and like and like like i've said before hood slam you will see things in hood slam that you will never see anywhere else in the world and it works and it's perfect and it's great for them like they do it great because they're not trying to be something. They're not giving us fucking stats. They're not giving us win-loss records. They're not like trying to become, they're not trying to be like legitimate like sports. They're trying to be this whole like genre, this whole like parody of wrestling that's like, it, it started off, it's, it's, it's weird because like, okay, just this tangent about a hood slam. Uh, I've been following hood slam for a long time, for a long time. I, I've been watching them this year on Fight Plus, but I've been following them online because, you know, they're local to me, whatever. I've always been, like, intimidated to, ch- to try to go to one. Um, but now that I've seen them on Fight, I do want to go. I just, it's a matter of being able to go and afford it, whatever. But what what they are, well, in my opinion, what I think, I don't know, you know, I'm just guessing. They started off as a parody of wrestling right not really but kind of as a parody like we're a parody of wrestling but then they've evolved to like their own like thing like they're not even a parody of wrestling anymore now they're just this 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 whole different brand this whole different kind of wrestling that's just like out there and like this different thinking like the logic doesn't matter right like, but in AEW, the logic fucking matters. And so that's when we get back to this whole thing in full circle. Don't fucking let your world champion drive an ambulance back into the arena. That's stupid. So anyways, um, so so they come out and they're trying to award the title to, to Jay White. And so what I, my point that I'm just, I'm, for some reason I'm being very long-winded. What, what I think, if they're a legitimate sport, if they're ESPN, what they should do in that situation is they should vacate the title and they should give Jay White a shot and they should say, tonight, there's going to be a match at the main event. It's going to be Jay White and it's going to be Samoa Joe. And the winner of that match will be the AEW World Champion. That's how you fucking handle yourself professionally. And that's how you handle yourself as a sport, you know? Like, just don't, just don't, just don't. Okay, anyway, I just bumped the table. Let me get back to what I was saying. Uh, The next match was... Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. That's not correct. Uh, I think what I'm looking at is out of order. I'm going to go to Wikipedia, but now I need to stall for time because I am not actually... On Wikipedia yet. Wikipedia, there it is. Alright, let's go back. Oh, I didn't even tell you the... uh, the, the... So, Eddie Kingston in the pre-show. Eddie Kingston defeated Jay Lethal to defend the Ring of Honor World title. Claudio Castanoli beat Buddy Matthews. And then in the main event, like I said, MJF and Samoa Joe defeated the Butt Boys in 9 minutes and 25 seconds. 
And then the six man tag. And then, okay, Orange Cassidy defeated John Moxley. There we go. Uh, 12 minutes and five seconds for the AW International title. This was a good match. Um, I did not think Orange Cassidy could win this match, but he did. He pulled it out. He just kept Orange punching his ass. Orange punch, Orange punch, Orange punch, Orange punch. And, like, you know, came down to it. Orange Cassidy got the win. And it's cool. I'm glad that John Moxley's cool. You know, he's down to earth. He's putting people over. Uh, I I wouldn't have, you know, booked this way. But, you know, whatever. I think it's cool, too, because it, it makes his, his AEW international title kind of full circle now. So, good, good for... Uh, Good for Orange Cassidy. In the next match, Timeless Tony Storm uh, defeated Sheeta for the AW Women's title. 10 minutes, 25 seconds. This was a great match. Uh, Tony Storm is a new AEW Women's Champion. We had a ladder match, uh, a four-way ladder match, tag team ladder match for the AEW World Tag Team titles. It was Big Bill and Little Ricky uh, successfully defending their tag team titles Against uh, who? FTR, uh, Roosh, and uh, Jalistico. And uh, why am I trying to do my memory? I have it in front of me. Let me look. And uh, do, 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 the Kings of the Black Throne. This match was crazy. Uh, Brody King is... I love Brody King, man. That fool, he's just a powerhouse. He just tosses people around like, like rag dolls. Um... There's all kinds of crazy shenanigans in this four-way. I mean, like, four-way ladder match, what you expect. But Big Bill, Little Ricky got the win. They walked out. They still are the world tag team champions. Hell yeah. Not really. Uh, I, I can't wait to see them lose the tag titles. I'll tell you that. Maybe uh, we'll see uh, if Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega come after him if they win their match tonight. Uh, Julia Hart defeats Chris Statlander at Sky Blue uh, in a three-way to win the AEW TBS women's title. Uh, this was a super cool match. Uh, Sky Blue and Julia Hart, you know, they. it was funny because the, the match started off as, as almost like Chris Tantlander was in two separate singles matches. Like Chris Tantlander had a singles match against Julia Hart and Chris Tantlander also at the same time had a singles match against Sky Blue. Um, eventually, you know, they Sky and Julia were fighting and stuff, and it became a true three-way. But for a while, it seemed like two separate one-on-one matches, which was pretty funny, which was pretty crazy. Uh, the, the, the end of this match came when uh, Chris Statlander hit Sky Blue with the uh, Saturday Night Fever, and then she, she, like, folded her up to cover her, and then uh, Julia Hart immediately went to the ring. She tossed fucking uh, Chris Statlander to the side, and then she just rolled up uh sky blue and covered her one two three and and pinned her after uh after chris downlander hit her finisher and sky blue became the new aw tbs champion Oh man, up next we had the Texas Death Match. It was Swerve. It was Hangman Page. It was the most intense 
the most brutal. This was the fucking most fuckery match I've ever seen in my fucking life, you guys. I watched GCW. I watched death matches. I recently watched uh, a GCW War Games match that that had so much broken glass that the bottom of the ring, the, 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 the ring looked like snow. Like, that's how crazy it was. And I'm over here watching this fucking swerve hangman page match, standing up with my hands on my head going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this shit. Dude, this match was fucking brutal. Like, oh man. There, the, there was a first spot where I don't even know what happened. I kind of like just came into it. But like swerves was bleeding i think uh hangman stabbed him in the head with something and swerve was bleeding and hangman was holding his head up over his face and he was on the ground he was just drinking his blood he just just all his blood was just flying just dripping into hangman's mouth and then hangman spit it up like gangrel it was just it was crazy um pile driver on the fucking on the ring barricade on the on the barricade that was fucking nuts. Uh, the barbed wire chairs. Uh, that was, oh my gosh, that was crazy. Uh, these guys, man, they just put themselves through hell in this match. Like, this was fucking brutal. This match was insane. Like, oh man, I don't even know. I don't even, like, whew. Uh, let's see, what else happened? I can't even think of it right now. But uh, this is great, right? This is great radio. I can't even think of it right now, but it was great. You should see it. Um, the the there were so many buckshot lariats. Like he just kept hitting the buckshot lariat, buckshot lariat, boom. And then like uh, there's this like you just wanted to hangman. Just at some points he was just getting the shit beat out of you. Just wanted him to stay down. It's like just stay down, hangman. Just stay down. And neither one of these guys would stay down. And they were just fighting. And they were just fighting. And they were just fighting. And they just wouldn't stay down. And finally. They're on the outside, and uh, uh, a swerve gets a chain. There's a chain there. He gets a chain, and he, he wraps it around a hangman's neck, and then he puts it up around the top turnbuckle, and he pulls it, and he just pulls it up, and he pulls hangman up, and he hangs him. He hangs hangman. Hangman's up, and he's hanging by the chain, and you can't win that way, but it's it's a Texas death match, so he lets the chain go after like about you know a minute and a minute and a half. Hangman collapses. The referee counts to 10. As soon as the referee got to 10, which signified the match was over, Swerve just fucking collapsed. And they both just laid there. And it was just a, such a surreal moment. And it was just like the whole world was just like in awe of this moment. Like if you haven't seen this match, like I don't even want to describe it. You need to go back and watch this match. Like this, this was fucking brutal. This was crazy. This, this, when this match ended and both men were just laying in there on the mat, it was just like, wow, wow, what did we just see? It was this feeling like, like, you know how if like you're in this car accident or like this, like just this traumatic experience and you're just like in shock and you're just like, what the fuck just happened? That's how I felt. Like this next match happened. Like Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, two of the best in the fucking world. Two of the best of all time. Taking on the Young Bucks. One of the greatest tag teams in the world. One of the greatest tag teams of all time. I was just like, what just happened? Like I was so out of this match. I was so out of the moment. I was so like, just like in awe of the previous match. Like, I was not into this match for most of it. I saw it. It was a good match. I, I caught the ending of it. Um, Young Bucks lost. 
but they were being heelish. It was, so that was pretty cool. And then apparently they canceled. They canceled BTE. I don't know. But yeah, so Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega win uh, the Young Bucks title shot. I am flying through this. Sorry about that. It's just like I feel like every every fucking podcast that exists is going to cover AEW full gear. I know I covered it on 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 my other podcast with with Xavier um, Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. But like everybody's covering full gear, so I'm going to like fly through full gear. But I'm going to focus more like on the GCW, which I did already, MLW Hood Slam. More details on those because those are the ones that like people need to see those are the ones that people need their 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 eyeballs on those are the ones that people need to know what's happening so they can tune in like those are the ones like go like who like swerve and and adam page um the young bucks chris jericho they're great they're phenomenal but they don't need you to watch them like go watch uh hood slam go watch dark chic and vipress you know go watch anton Voorhees. go watch effie Go watch Alley Catch, you know, go watch these other people who deserve uh, our support more. I don't know, I'm just, that's my public service announcement for the day. Um, so yeah, Chris Jericho and, and and Kenny Omega, the Golden Jets as they call them, which, ah, come on, Golden Jets. I explained this to you on the last podcast if you listened to it. That reminds me of uh, this is movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart. By the way, if you haven't seen it, Central Intelligence. I never saw it. I never cared to see it. It looked like a dumb movie. But dude, it came on this one time. I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what I was watching, and it turned out I was watching. It was like after Raw or something, and I just kept it on the TV, and like it turned out it was Central Intelligence, and it's so fucking funny, dude. It's such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Central Intelligence, The Rock, and Kevin Hart, fucking fabulous. Go check it out. Uh, so anyways, the Kevin Hart's character is called the Golden Jet. So that's why it reminds me of that. That's why I forgot to tell you that part. Uh, so the Golden Jets, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, I fucking hate that name. I feel like they, they could come up with a way better name than the Golden Jets. Why don't they call themselves like uh, the Alpha fucking Cleaners? I don't know. The Alpha Cleaners on Hello Dome. Uh, let's see. What's next? The Golden Jets, 20 minutes, 45 seconds. Oh, the main event. Okay, so now in our main event, did I tell you that I think I skipped over the fact that Adam Cole Adam Cole hobbled his ass out when they were trying to award the title to MJF, and I went on a little tangent. Uh, I forgot to mention that Adam Cole hobbled his little ass out to the fucking ringside. He's like, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to fight for him. I made him a promise. I'm going to fucking do it. And they're like, dude, you can't even fucking walk. He's like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And so when it came time for the match, Jay White came out, whoopty fucking do. Adam Cole fucking hobbled his ass out to the ring in his little fucking gym shorts, whoopty fucking do. And then you hear this fucking sirens, woo, 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 holler if you hear me. And I was like, Scott Steiner, what the? F-? And then it was MJF's dumbass driving a fucking ambulance. Come on, what is this fucking SummerSlam? What is this, WWE? Like, what is this, like, a bad TNA show? Like, come on, come on. What is this, like, TNA 2012? Come on, come on, come on, AEW. You could do better than that. You could do better than I drive an ambulance back into the arena. You could do better than I'm going to get my leg injured by a chair shot to the fucking knee. I'm going to get taken out in an ambulance 
and I'm going to drive the ambulance back into the arena. You can do better than that, AEW. Thank you very much. Uh, so overall, pay-per-view, it was good. It was really good. Uh, Swerve versus uh, what's-his-face. Uh, it's, it's worth watching. I'm going to go back and probably watch that. I mean, can I watch that again? I might watch it again. Who? Oh, my gosh. There's a part where he jumped broken glass all over Hangman's back. Oh, it was so bad. They had this barbed wire. The barbed wire just kept sticking to Hangman. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, go check it out, though. Go check it out. That was fun. Overall, good pay-per-view. I recommend it. Let me tell you about MLW real quick. So I'm going to start reviewing these these shows, these pay-per-views on, on this podcast more often. So I just want to like kind of catch you up to my fandom of MLW. I used to follow MLW back in the day, like... 2002 2003 when like steve carino and like terry funk and like shane douglas were their champions and stuff and like it was cool you know it was fun mlw folded uh court bauer went off to the wwe to go uh be a writer for a while and then uh he ended up leaving and uh he started what's called mlw radio mlw radio was my first introduction to podcasting uh, they were interviewing Eric Bischoff. No, I'm sorry. Eric Bischoff was your second interview. They were interviewing the Ultimate Warrior. At the time, uh, what, 2011, 2012, something like this, right? Like, that kind of thing is unheard of, especially with somebody like the Ultimate Warrior. Like, shoot interviews were, like, hard to come by. And this was, like, a shoot interview, but, like, I could just download it and listen to it. This is craziness. And so I listened to the Ultimate Warrior interview. It was shitty. It was so shitty. Um, the connection was bad. It was it was just terrible. And the next interview they did was Eric Bischoff. Uh, Warrior was a two-parter, and then Eric Bischoff was a two-parter. And Eric Bischoff was really good because I was a huge fan of Eric Bischoff and a huge fan of the NWO. And, of course, this is before podcasting really took off. And so, like, this is my first glimpse into what, like, Eric Bischoff really had to say, you know, what his opinions really were behind the scenes and things like that. And so it was really cool. And then Court Bauer and MSL, um, ended up just doing MLW Radio where they just talked about wrestling and they talked about whatever they wanted to talk about. And it was super fun and I used to love it. I even subscribed to them at some point because it was like you have to pay for something to get some. I don't remember what it was because this is a while back. Um, eventually, they introduced Conan as a regular on the show. And then Conan went off to uh, have his own podcast. And he's, he's been that for so many years. Uh, honestly, though, I can't stand Conan's podcast because it's like – so all these segments, right? But you only get like half the segments because you have to pay to get the rest of them, the full thing. Not even half. You get like 10% or 20%. And then you pay and you get the full fucking things, right? Uh, but it, to me, it's like it just it just jumps around too much. It's like it's one thing and then they're talking about this for like two minutes and there's another thing and there's another thing and then there's another thing. And it's just like it's like ADD radio, you know. I just I can't listen to Conan's podcast. Uh, maybe if it was a full thing and I was paying for it, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, but I can't afford it, so I'm not going to do it. Anyway, uh, so so MLW, uh, they did the MSL and Kevin Sullivan podcast. Uh, they did um, Bauer and Pollock, where Court Bauer and John Pollock would just talk, and that was a really good one. Um, they did, I'm trying to think, I can't remember all the podcasts they used to do, but they used to have like, their podcast network grew to like five or six podcasts. You know, I think eventually Conrad Thompson went to MLW Radio, but then he started his own network at some point. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, so a few years ago, uh, 2017, uh, so this is like, you know, like 10 years later, like, you know, less than 10 years later, seven, eight, nine years later, uh, MLW one shot, right? Where Court Bauer's like, let's do one show. 
Let's just do one show and see how it goes. And that led to another show and another show and another show. And before you know it, MLW is a full-fledged promotion again. And they've been doing their shit. They've been doing cool. Uh, they signed a lot of GCW guys, which I also love because I love GCW guys. Uh, they've signed uh, the second gear crew, Manders, uh, uh, Mance, the Manser, Mance Warner, and uh, and uh, Matthew Justice. Uh, they signed, I guess, recently Matt Cardona. Uh, they signed uh, who else from GCW? Jimmy Lloyd has been there a little bit. Uh, Tony Deppin has been there. Um, I just saw Griffin McCoy make his debut. Anyway. So, yeah, MLW is on fire. They're doing some good shit. And they had a pay-per-view called MLW Fightland in 2023. And the opening match uh, for the MLW World Tag Team Titles, uh, the calling, boom. That's right. They signed RS Pussy. Why would they sign RS Pussy, dude? I hate that guy. Uh, Akira and Ricky Shane Page lost the titles to the second gear crew. One called Manders and Matthew Justice. Uh, and they become new tag team champions. Uh, the next match was Loser Leaves MLW. It was Matt Cardona with uh, St. Laurent in his corner uh, versus Matt's Warner. It was eight minutes and nine seconds. So recently, uh, it's come it's come to public on social media that, that Matt's Warner is dating Steph DeLander. In fact, uh, there was a brawl in GCW a few shows ago, and it ended up going into the back. And, like, it went to this one room, and uh, uh, Jimmy Lloyd was taking a shit. <laughs> they went to another room, and Steph Delander and Mance Warner were on the couch making out. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a public thing now. It's a thing that the fans know about. So during the match, Steph Delander came out and got in Matt Cardona's face, and she's like, you do this to my boyfriend? Don't fucking do this shit to my boyfriend. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. And then she turned around, and she speared Mance Warner through a table. And then... Uh, Matt Cardona got the pin. One, two, three. Mance Warner has to leave MLW. They just signed him. They just signed the guy. What's going to happen? Where's he going to go? What's he going to do? Is he going to come back? How's he going to come back? Uh, after the match, they did a promo where uh, Matt Cardona, you know, talked about how much better he is than Mance Warner. And Steph Delander's like, Mance, I love you, but business is business. This isn't show romance. This isn't wrestling romance. This is the wrestling business. So Mance Warner had to go. Mance Warner had to go, you guys. So, yeah, this is actually a really short pay-per-view. In fact, since I had to watch it later, I did skip Ichiban and uh, Mascara Dorado uh, defeating Barabano Carnario and Rocky Romero with Selena De La Renta. I skipped that match. Uh, it was 11 minutes and 59 seconds. Let's go off to the main event, shall we? This is a short-ass pay-per-view. Like, five matches? I don't know. Anyway, um, Alex Kane, MLW World Champion, puts his title on the line against... The Samoan Werewolf, Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu is so dope. He's one of my favorites, dude. I fucking love this guy. Um, so anyways, uh, this was a real. This was an intense match. Forty-eight minutes. These two went almost an hour. It was. This match was crazy. It was back and forth. It was basically everything you would expect. So these two guys are powerhouses, but apparently these two guys are also stamina houses. Stamina, 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 stamina. I don't fucking know. But, like, these two guys can go. They can go the fucking distance. 48 minutes. Alex Kane gets the win. One, two, three. And the lights go out. The lights come back on. And there's this dude in the ring who I've never seen before. He's this big-ass motherfucking dude. And he's wearing a WTF shirt. And he fucking destroys everybody. 
Is that what he did? So, so let's 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 pull it back a little bit. Uh, Mr. Saint Laurent started this faction, this this promotion, this this group called World Titan Federation (WTF), and uh, they have who's who's on the WTF? Um, Gene Snitsky, uh, Matt Cardona. I think there's other people that were there before, and uh, was Chris Masters? No, I don't know. Vladimir? No, that was that was Impact. Um, I don't know. Anyways, there's a few people in this group, right? And so, uh, oh, Harry Smith is in the group too, but he got hurt. So he's like, he had to have surgery. So he's kind of on the sidelines now. Um, anyway, so it's, it's centered around Matt Cardona. So let's go out. There's this dude in the ring, a bunch of other dudes in the ring, WTF shirts all around. And they're just like, just beating people down and just beating people down. And the lights go back on again. And it's Hammerstone. And Hammerstone is wearing the WTF shirt. This, dude, you guys. So this, to me, is the closest we're ever going to come to the Hogan joins the NWO. The leg drop heard around the world, you guys. This is Alexander Hammerstone. This is Mr. MLW. This is the guy that's been carrying this company on his shoulders for five years. This is fucking hammerstone 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 he joined world titan federation he's gonna be part of what destroys mlw and this to me feels like a new nwo but like not like a cheap ripoff not like aces and eights but like done fucking right i'm excited about this i can't see i can't wait to see where it goes i know i I said last week on this podcast that hammerstone requested his release and I didn't know if he got it or not because uh, Lance and Juicy also requested their releases and they were granted. Like they, 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 they were granted. Hammerstone requested his release. It was denied initially. And then he like made this huge post where he's like, thank you, MLW. It's been the greatest time of my life and this and that. And that's like, like a goodbye post. So I did not know what was happening. And so he has joined the opposition. He has joined the World Titan Federation. He has joined the enemy. He is going to be part of what just tries to destroy Major League Wrestling, you guys. Do you feel that? Do you fucking feel that? That is the shit about to hit the fans because we are going to talk about Hood Slam red hell yeah you guys uh so this past weekend we had a show called hood slam red uh it's gonna be uh, you know the show leading into entertainia of course so it's gonna be big things are gonna happen big moves are gonna happen so i'm super excited let's get right into it you guys our first match uh was for one fall was for the guilty lethal action mayhem championship the glampianship uh the glampian hop daddy successfully defended his title against brutal rob hands i bumped the microphone i'm not gonna lie you guys i bumped it i'll own that shit i can see the. i just did it again what <laughs> okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna pretend like it didn't happen okay uh uh hop daddy uh beat the big the big sad broody daddy uh rob hands it was a pretty good match you know uh emo rage uh at one point happened and uh we thought we we're gonna see a new glampian but nope, no, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, you know, uh, the squad, the squad, you know, uh, always has those uh, those power in numbers, you guys. Power in numbers. So here's your winner and still uh, guilty lethal action mayhem champion. 
Pop Daddy. Hell yeah. Our next match. I was surprised this match was actually second. I thought this was going to be the main event. I thought this match was going to main event just because the star power. Because you have Sawyer fucking wreck. And the cutest in the fucking world, Maki Ito. They're GCW superstars, you guys. They're going to be an event this, of course, right? Nope, they're not. They're going to be in the second match. Uh, Sawyer Wreck and Maki Ito uh, went one-on-one with the Dark Sheik and Vipress, right? So you see those two names, Dark Sheik and Vipress, and you think main event. You know, these four... These four women are going to be the main event because they're the like the two stars in GCW and the two stars in Hood Slam. But they weren't. They weren't the main event. Uh, this was a good match, you guys. Um, Sawyer Wreck and Maki Ito <laughs> make a really good team. Uh, there was one point where uh, where Sawyer uh, put Maki up on her shoulders. And then she was attacking Dark Sheik. And Dark Sheik was like, you know, on the ground, just regular. And then Dark Sheik put Vipers on her shoulders. And they were like chicken fighting. They were like chicken fighting. It was cool. It was fun. Um, it was a good match. It was definitely a good match, you guys. Hood Slam, go check it out. These people are incredible. Uh, they put on incredible shows. Uh, this match was 17 minutes and 2 seconds. Uh, Maki Ito and Soyurek pick up the win. In our third match... Uh, Brooke Havoc defeated Johnny Robbie. Uh, this was a good match, you guys. Uh, seven minutes, 56 seconds. Uh, these two uh, ended the match. And um, apparently, according to emo rules, uh, you don't shake hands. You fucking chug claws. So they bust out the white claws. They chug the claws. That was some good shit. That was a good match, though, you guys. Uh, I feel like uh, Johnny Robbie and, and Brooke Havoc are super cool because... Uh, not because, but like one thing that's cool about them is that uh, they recently tagged in Ring of Honor uh, against I think it was Billy and Billy and Athena. Am I, is that right? I think it was against Billy and Athena. Um, when when Ring of Honor came, to, well, AEW came to the Bay Area. Uh, when the AEW came to the Bay Area, um, Brooke Havoc and Johnny Robbie uh, they teamed up. They teamed up and went against uh, Athena and Billy. So I feel like like uh, they're good. They're good. This is a good match to have because these two have been. Have been representing Hood Slam around the world. And uh, let's just celebrate, you guys. Let's chug some motherfucking claws. Hell yeah. Yeah, mad props to both these two. Brooke Havoc and uh, Johnny Robbie. Our next match, you guys. Uh, Serial Man uh, did not have a partner. And he was taking on the newer Ur Dogs. Uh, Jaguar Montoya and Joey Gonzo. Uh, but Serial Man came out and he said... Uh, who do I know in the back that would be willing to kill a dog? I'll tell you who. Richard Shinnery. And you guys, side note, I talked to Richard Shinnery in this podcast, uh, so it's earlier. So if you missed it, I don't know how the fuck you missed it. Uh, but if you missed it, go back and listen to my interview with Richard Shinnery. It was super fun. We actually talked about this a little bit. Um, there was one point where there was a little bit of a tension, a little bit of tension between uh, Shinnery and, and Serial Man. And then Serial Man went and he got the uh, the cereal. He got a box of cereal. It was actually, was it, uh, was it um, peanut butter, uh, Reese's, Reese's Puffs. It was Reese's Puffs. And uh, he hit Richard Chenery in the back with the cereal. And I was like, oh, man, the shit's about to hit the fans, you know. All hell is about to break fucking loose. And so basically uh, they ended up getting back on the same page and they won the match. They won the match. And then after the match was over, um, Shinnery got, you know, dismissed. Like, whatever. Get out of here, Richard Shinnery. This is business between me and the new dogs. And basically, uh, uh, Serial Man told 
the new dogs that entertaining at 13, they were going to have a match one-on-one and Serial Man was going to be the referee. So we'll see. We'll see you guys. We'll see what happens. Uh, the next match on the card on that Hood Slam Red was the Boom Gang. Sorry about that. Uh, James C. And Rick, I mean, no, I'm sorry, Scott Rick Stoner. So one of the Stoner brothers, basically. Uh, the Boom Gang, uh, James C. and Scott Rick Stoner uh, with Anton and Rick Scott Stoner in their corner. Uh, defeated Mac, Daddy Milo, and Mighty Myra, and the Lost Treasures, Joel, Joel, I said Joel like with an L, Joe DeSoul, and Laura Frazier. Uh, 13 minutes, 35 seconds. This was the match I referenced in uh, in my conversation with Richard Schneri, if you guys were listening to that earlier, where I said that uh, somebody got thrown into the balcony. I think it was... Uh, Mighty Myra, but uh, Rick Scott Stoner just picked her up and just tossed her into the balcony, like into the side of the fucking balcony, and then uh, it came crashing down on a hurting side. So yeah, Myra was was uh, not not in a good shape in that after that one. Uh, but the Boom Gang got the win. The Boom Gang got the win. You guys, uh, Mark went up, Chuck went up for the Boom motherfucking gang. All right, next up we had. What did we have? We had, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, match of the fucking decade, you guys. Anton Voorhees, the link to the future versus lightning in a bottle, Sandra Moon. Just getting back from Japan. I don't know how many months she spent in Japan studying with Marvelous. Uh, but she was out in Japan doing her thing, man. And that's going to make you, like, level up. That's going to, like, make you, like, a better wrestler. To just, like, live in Japan for a few months and just, like, study with them every day. Hell yeah, dude. Sandra fucking Moon is the shit. Um, I'm a huge fan of Sandra Moon. I've been I've been a fan of Sandra Moon for a long time, for, I don't know, a couple of years now. Uh, I discovered her first, really, uh, the first time I really discovered her was on GCW's LA Fights. Uh, it was a match against uh, Bad Dude Tito. And honestly, like, she got the shit kicked out of her. Like, he beat the fuck out of her in that match. But, like, it wasn't about that. It was more like, uh, it was more like, uh, the fight in the dog, you know? Like, she had so much fight in her. Like, she just fucking brought it. And, like, it took him a long fucking time to keep her down. Because she just kept fucking coming back and coming back and coming back. Put it through doors, put it through tables, put it through fucking the ring. I don't know. But she just kept coming back. And, like, she's a one tough motherfucker, dude. And um, also, if you get a chance, uh, one of my favorite, 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 favorite wrestlers in the whole world is Effie. Uh, there's this match. It's on YouTube. It's Effie versus Sandra Moon from Ugwa. More gay shit. Ugwa's super dope. They're local to me, too, so I want to shout them out as well. Um, they're not, like, live and fight plus though so i don't really i want to go to their shows i just it's it's hard right now you know life is hard um i want to go to hood slam too because i fucking love hood slam it's so much fun uh anyways um effie versus sandra moon ugwa more gay shit uh i mean when i say ugwa i mean uh u-g-w-a just for those of you who don't know uh underground wrestling alliance anyway uh so you guys um what was I going with this? Sandra Moon versus uh, Anton Anton Voorhees. 
Um, this match was incredible, dude. They both fucking brought their A game so much. Uh, there was a part, I'm sorry, Anton, if you're listening, I'm going to say it. Uh, you might be listening too because they interviewed one of your friends in this episode. Um, Anton went for a uh, a deadlift suplex into the ring and he fucking dropped Sandra on her fucking head, dude. And like, you know, she's okay. She's I, I checked the next day to make sure she was still tweeting to make sure she was still okay. Um, I really, it scares me when people fall on their heads like that. Um, so Sandra, like, shout out to you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Anton, don't do that. <laughs> I know it was an accident. I'm just kidding. Shit happens. Shit happens in the ring. And you can tell he felt hella bad. He felt hella bad about it. And he, like, checked on her and stuff and, and everything. Um, I look for that kind of stuff, you know? I look for, uh, to see what people are really doing, what they're really trying to care about, what they're really trying to, like, like do you know like like you know a lot of people watch wrestling and see the the fighting you know but i see like hey are you okay you good you know or the referee fucking checking on somebody or you know things like that and uh i appreciate it i appreciate the love and the the camaraderie camaraderie ah, i can't even talk um but it's like a lot it reminds me a lot like comedy you know it's like uh to the outside you know we're just comics and they may not even remember our, our names or whatever you know you just need you know you get a good time but like to us we're like we're a family and we're there for each other and like i don't know it's different anyway uh where was i so sandra moon versus anton Voorhees. this match kicked ass dude dude sandra moon did a german suplex off the top rope well off the middle rope i guess but it was so incredible like this match Anton and Sandra they're both superstars in the making they're both incredible I really hope that like they go where they want to go in wrestling you know I feel like Anton is good you know being a like a like a star a staple in the Bay Area and stuff uh, but I know that Sandra probably wants to be like a world-renowned star you know I don't maybe Anton does too I don't know but like I hope uh, these are two people that I like a lot I respect them a lot and I hope that whatever they aspire to happens for them because they fucking deserve it because they work hard. All right, you guys. Oh, by the way, Anton Voorhees won that match. Boo! Uh, 12 minutes, 37 seconds. This match right here, match of the fucking decade though. Like, like, uh, Joe Brody, uh, bros of Joe Brody said that Kenny K versus Dark Sheik from the last show or maybe two shows ago uh, was the match of this decade. But no, 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 my friend. No, my friend. That match was good. It was a good match. It was a really good match. I'll tell you this right now, though. If you're listening, uh, Brosev or, or Sheik or anybody, uh, if anybody's listening, um, if if we want to go, if you don't want to, if Sandra Moon and Anton Voorhees didn't happen, right, and you want to go match the fucking decade, and you want to say Hood Slam, I'm going to say Dark Sheik versus Jack Cartwheel from like three or four shows ago because that match fucking was amazing dude dark chic and jack cartwheel my only beef my only my only problem with it was that the camera the camera cut out a lot of it um it kept the feed kept going out so we missed more than half the match so 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 chic i mean i've been wanting to tweet you and ask you this but it sounds kind of rude uh, but if you're listening if you have that match in full i want to see it send it to me funky samadina at gmail.com FunkySamMedina at gmail.com. Send me the full match. Send it to me in full because it's not available on Fight Plus in full. It's only like no signal from venue, no signal from venue, no signal from venue. I'm like, oh, come on. I want to see cartwheels. I want to see top rope leg drops, you know, all this shit. Anyway, that's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. Anton versus Sandra Moon. Anton got the win. Go check it out. It's fucking awesome. Ah, oh, oh, I'm tired. I hope I'm recording this because I'm fucking tired. I'm on my lunch right now, so I'm just trying to get some shit done. 
Uh, in the main event, we had a fatal four-way for the best athlete in the Bay Area Golden Fanny Packs. Kenny K, the best athlete in the Bay Area champion, uh, puts his fanny packs on the line against El Chupacabra, Juice Lee, and Rick Scott Stoner. Uh, Kenny K got the win in 10 minutes and 42 seconds. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is, I've been wanting to say this on Twitter, but it sounds so rude, and I don't want to fucking sound rude. But, like, you know, it happens. I'm going to sound rude here. I don't give a fuck. Um, Juice Lee is a better Wheeler Yuta than Wheeler Yuta. Like, if if if, if Tony Khan uh, replaced Wheeler Yuta with Juice Lee tomorrow, but they still called him Wheeler Yuta, he would be so much better. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Whenever I see Juice Lee, I'm like, oh, you fucking remind me of Wheeler Yuta. It's like the beard, the look, the face. Just, he just looks like Wheeler. And I hate Wheeler because he sucks. And, and, and he's like... He's like, he's like, he's like a, the, he's like the, the ugly dude. That's with the hot chick, you know, because he fucking sucks and he's whiny and he's complaining and he's bitchy, but he's with the best wrestlers in the world. And that just grinds my fucking gears. So if, if we could do something to make Wheeler Yuta better, uh, it would be replacing him with Juice Lee. Uh, so I'm for it. I am for it. I am for it. This was a good match. Uh, what a way to end a hood slam. Uh, did anything happen like after this match? I can't think of anything. I think something did, but what was it? Was it something? Let me like look up a write up on hood slam because I don't remember like exactly how it ended. I just remember. Uh, Chupa- oh, you know what? I do remember exactly how it ended because there's a lot of there's a lot of tension. Uh, between Juice Lee and, and El Chupacabra, former intergalactic tag team champions, if I may add, um, they don't like each other. They really don't like each other. And so after the match, they just they just exploded. They went after each other. And I don't know where Okami was, but Okami usually controls uh, El Chupacabra. She usually keeps Chupi in check, you know? Like somebody's got to keep this wild animal in check. And Okami wasn't there, and Chupi was out of control, and it was just this whole thing. So... It happens. It's it's whatever. It's fine. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Hood Slam Red, motherfuckers. That was it. It was great. It was a fucking fun-ass show. Dude, Hood Slam? Like, Hood Slam is my wife's favorite wrestling promotion. I'm not going to say they're not mine. Um, but, like, you know, I enjoy all wrestling, you know? The only wrestling that my wife really will sit down and watch with me is, is Hood Slam and, and GCW. But mostly Hood Slam. You know, because she loves it. Uh, the wacky characters, um, the, the storylines. We When she first started watching it, there was Hood Slimers getting killed by aliens, you guys. And then Hood Slime had to come back. And Anton Voorhees single-handedly got rid of those aliens because he's the best. He's the best in the fucking world. And now he's in the boom gang? He's in the fucking boom gang? No, Anton needs to be in the caution, caution. Not the boom gang. The boom gang. At least he's not in the squad. At least he's on the squad. All right, you guys. That was my review of Hood Slam Blue. Blue? No, Blue already happened. Blue actually was cool because Effie was there. And I love Effie. Um, but yeah, no, Hood Slam Red. That was Hood Slam Red, motherfuckers. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>